I think uh, more interesting than the COP and the reparations uh, debate uh, was in the in the past week in Norway. There was a huge debate that uh, surfaced about uh, one of the guys in uh, Just Stop Oil in Norway called uh, Stop Oljeletingen, Stop the Oil uh, Search, something like that in, in English, uh, who had been uh, defacing the the artwork, the sculptures in the Vigeland Park in Oslo, which is like a stone sculpture park from the 1940s. Not, not the Nazi 40s, but the, it finished in the 40s. Uh, so he defaced that with uh, orange paint, water-based paint. Easily came off. But then uh, for doing that, he was invited to a podcast. And then he was invited to the biggest Norwegian uh, primetime television debate show on the NRK, on the, on the state channel to debate uh, the use of uh, sabotage and violence in the climate struggle, basically. And this guy is like 24 years old, and he's uh, studying for the master degree in philosophy uh, up at the MTNU University in Trondheim. So he's, he's like, he's more like a philosopher looking into the future of the climate struggle. But of course, he was uh, condemned for taking the V word in his mouth, the violence word. And all he really did was, was to say that uh, they, they actually asked him the question, uh, if you look into the future, do you think violence and sabotage will be used in the struggle in the future? And he basically said yes. And then they made these huge headlines in the newspapers. This guy wants to use violence, blah, blah, blah. So, so the funny thing was, instead of Instead of asking some hard questions from our uh, English friends for blowing up the fucking uh, pipeline, the Nord, Nord Stream pipeline, which was the biggest methane release ever from any single point in the history of man or whatever, in the history of methane, where the Brits actually used, did use explosive violence uh, in a climate related attack on the energy pipeline. Uh, they go after this uh, philosopher student who is basically doing only sort of soft core, just up oil style uh, activism, uh, which is easily fixed afterwards. You just uh, basically water spray the sculptures in the park and the, the painting comes off. So instead of Instead of asking some hard questions from from the London uh, military uh, command for blowing up the pipeline in the in the Baltic Sea, they go after this uh, little brat of twenty four years who studies philosophy and 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 tries to say whether or not there will be sabotage in the future. That's kind of strange. It's amazing how quickly that story disappeared um the pipeline thing it's just gone now um yeah you had the three different nations sweden denmark and uh, germany investigating it and all of them more or less coming out and saying yeah we've investigated it 
uh, it was blown up uh, and we know who did it uh, other than that we don't want to comment anymore on that because national security yeah so it's pretty clear it wasn't russia because they wouldn't hesitate to say yeah we found it was a uh, fucking putin so yeah proof of but huh? otherwise, that's the proof, proof, if ever it were needed, that it wasn't the Russians. But, I, I, you know, again, I, I have conversations with people who do mention, you know, the Russians blowing up their own pipeline. And you say, you know, that the idea that that happened is so absurd. <laughs> oh, I just... Well, the, the propaganda model is strong and in effect. You know, it's the, the system punches down on this 24-year-old student and it creates a red herring of a distraction. And the irony is, of course, it doesn't acknowledge its own systemic violence that it visits on us every day. It's just more of the same. Yeah, it's like the difference between a student saying, may do in the future, uh, and uh, so the MI6 or something uh, saying, or not saying, but having actually done uh, two months ago. And, uh, and the guys who actually did something two months ago, they don't want to talk about. They would, oh, okay, and that, that was explosive terroristic violence against uh, Europe's main uh, energy infrastructure. Ah, move along, nothing to see here. We, we talked to this, uh, this young uh, student instead about what he might do uh, 10 or 20 years from now. Yeah. That sounds fair. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed for having access to this information, but it looks like um, there's this bloke called Nick Hancock, who's like a extremely corrupt political entity, who was I think was like the health secretary in the UK during a certain recent lab leaked something. Um, uh was causing a few problems here and there anyway this bloke's ended up on a reality show where the public can you know vote for who gets to stay and who gets to go and you know some sort of competition and the winner is the person who's be who remains you know after the public votes these people out but this bloke who's allegedly responsible for however many deaths uh, of people due to incompetence, irresponsibility, and possibly alleged corruption, uh, is being um, propelled to the final of this TV show. It's really astonishing. So, uh, and again, this is not the kind of news I tend to follow, but this has popped up on, on Twitter. And I'm embarrassed to say that I'm looking at Twitter, and I'm embarrassed to say that I know about Nick Hancock making the final of this TV show, but it is, it is really encouraging. Yeah, um, yes, Mick, I'm running to the countryside at the first possible opportunity, I think, and I've got to work out what what plants and trees I can eat. So what did this Nick guy do in relation to the pandemic? Well, he's he was the health secretary, and I think one of the main things that he did was he sent elderly people with COVID uh to nursing homes to spread the disease to others and uh, and allegedly is is responsible therefore for a bunch of additional deaths that needn't have happened which again at the moment i'm ambivalent as as to 
you know, whether or not any of these narratives are uh, sort of true or not. I've really got no idea. But anyway, the, the general perception is that this guy was, you know, is responsible for um, making uh, policy decisions that resulted in thousands of deaths. And I assume as well, you know, all these like um, failed systems where they gave over billions of pounds for um, whatever it is, measures that were taken and that didn't do anything or for buying this uh, protection equipment that, that didn't work or didn't exist or didn't turn up or whatever it was. There was just like this huge like feasting at the trough scenario. But this guy was the health minister. So it was a very serious, um, not serious, well, not serious, but a very senior politician um, who's like been like publicly disgraced and yet the public still still you know votes for the guy on a tv show um yeah you can't really that's the thing i mean i'm i'm sort of at the time of uh, boris johnson's uh tenancy in government i i sort of came to the conclusion that if he went and machine gunned a bunch of people in the street that they they'd still sort of go oh ha ha he's such a charming rogue um yeah, there's such a proud tradition of that in the US. I mean, you know, my favorite example is how much acknowledgement George H.W. Bush got because he dabbles in painting. What a lovable, likable guy, you know? <laughs> Just ignore what happened in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, you know, or Rudy Giuliani on Singing with the Stars. It's just, you know, it's a type of laundering of fascism, really. It's incredible, though. How, how Why do people still fall? I mean, it, I suppose just the... The conditioning is so, I mean, again, this brings back the whole sort of conversation I've had with people since I was about four years old, which now, you know, when I, you know, what I'm saying and thinking is, is will, will yield the response in the normies of like, oh, so you know what's going on while we don't. Oh, you know everything. You're so clever. And you're saying that you know that this is going on. You're saying that we're brainwashed. You're so clever, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I don't know. How do you know that, George, you know, am I making sense? You know, there's that that sort of uh, what's what's going on? Yes, when George Bush is being lauded for his lovely paintings. Is thought crime illegal? I don't know. Are you saying something that's... There's more dodgy things that's being said on YouTube, isn't there? No, I, just I want to um, come to... Um, um, yeah, when you mentioned George Bush, I came across the project for the New American Century thing recently and how they had signed off in this document prior to ever being in government. So the, there was 25 people signed the document for a project for the New American Century before George Bush got into power and 10 of them ended up in George Bush's government and then we had a number of things happened that, you know, ended up with the war in Iraq and etc. etc. Et um it just maybe brought me, you know, because obviously Lord Yu was very good for looking into everything, but, you know, I didn't really have any insight on the malevolent, malevolent, malevolent side of the of the plantation, or the dark side, 
and there seems that there really is one. That that's another reason for kicking sand in the in their faces or in the gears, as Confit said. Yeah, Hugh Hugh, you know, from what I've seen, talked a lot about the kind of managed situation, you know, that we're faced with. And, you know, I, I just it has a uh, a malevolent edge for sure, in my view. So what are you doing about it? Well, it's got um, malevolence and uh, tyranny have got uh, obsolence uh, built in. They need an increasing amount of energy to maintain this control. So this is the process. Is this a process of self-destruction? I wouldn't even do anything. Yeah, it's it's running itself off the cliff faster than I think any of us could make it go, in my view. That doesn't mean that acts of uh, personal importance, <laughs> resistance, and um, you know, uh, isolated, uh, um, wild individuals um, are not excluded because, but they're not something that. I mean, it's part of your where it's for your well-being. If you do things like that, is that you have to do them. Uh, but I don't think anything organized is um, is is actually desirable. Um, and in the situation that MT is describing, it would be immediately <laughs> devolved. And I mean, there's hardly any any group that could uh, that could um, avoid the scrutiny of the surveillance we have now. So uh, it's either completely underground or uh, isolated. Uh, but that's all. That's I think that's what Lord Hugh was saying too. But but I suppose I was more bringing it around like to kind of strategy for like I mentioned what Lord Hugh was saying earlier for avoiding the flipping whatever he meant by the flipping. You know, like I, I mean. Okay, personally, I would say, because Bob asked the question earlier, avoid the crossfire from my perspective. So get out of where the zones, the danger zones. So, you, you know, if, if the lights go out and food supplies are being controlled, you'd probably be better off not needing to line up outside the soup kitchens, you know, and be outside the areas of where there will be the most major uh, protests and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. And avoid being in jail. You know, I I totally agree with all that. And I think looking at the material, you know, just kind of personal and real um, impacts of these situations, of the system of control and the, you know, the depths of the cliff, it's moving us all toward. I mean, all that's really important. But, um, you know, I also want to say, I think a, another interesting dynamic to me anyway is just uh, you know there's something about dignity about being able to make moral choices you know not with the hope of surviving or making it through this problem i just think there's something about dignity that wild animals and native peoples um, embody that we've lost in our slave mentality you know that's been crushed from us in this plantation 
And there's just something about kind of doing whatever little resistance you can get away with that just instills dignity, um, which I think alone is is worth living for, worth fighting for. That's really interesting. <laughs> okay, it's a good point, but at the same time, when when the wildebeest sees the lion coming, he doesn't stand there with dignity for the lion to eat him. Oh yeah, he's got to he survives for another day. Yeah, I mean you got a point. Totally. Is this the end? I think everybody was muted or they thought it was the end. I was just uh, renewing the live stream license. Uh, so uh, feel free to just carry on. Isn't that what this conversation is all about? Anyway? <laughs> Fortunately, I think we got a couple more days at least. I don't know. <laughs> Jim Morrison turned on his head there. The end, my friend. <laughs> it is the end it's the end of the first two hours uh, and the start of the third hour have we already been all this time on on the wow yeah a long time ago i read this book twilight of the american culture um the author is morris berman and i was just um um thinking about it because of what cornfed said about um what can we do while we're in the plantation um, or in the concentration camp? And he had a concept there. He was saying either escape America, or if you can't, then ad adopt the monastic option. But I can't exactly remember what that all entails. So I will read that book and I will report back to the group if I find something of value. Um, I think he was just thinking about how to have a creative life or how to survive and li live a life uh, maybe inside this culture if you can't escape it. You know, kind of like what Cornfed was saying about uh, being in the concentration camp but still surviving and, I don't know, finding finding some maybe moments of peace, something like that. Morris Berman is a brilliant, brilliant bloke. I highly recommend, yeah, follow follow the name. Um, he's a really great writer. He hates Americans so much. He's so derisory about people, which I, I really enjoy. I think he lives in uh, Mexico now, doesn't he? He's just... Yeah, he type. does. Yeah, I think I mentioned one of his books before um, where he examines the origins of religion. Yeah, I have those books, but I haven't had time to read them. He does describe himself as an accelerationist that the faster America collapses, the better it will be for everyone. 
At least that's what he thinks. Yeah, I don't think you'll find anyone here who doesn't agree. <laughs> oh, As come American, on. Yeah. Don't you love us? <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're hot on your tails. So the faster you guys go, the faster we're going. And I will one... be at the center of the vortex here. Yeah, Pull everyone in. Well, I think they're going to take us you know, out. they're, they're going to try and take us out. They, you know, they're doing that to the Europeans now, aren't they? And I don't know whether Great Britain in uh, inverted commas stands, but they're going to they're going to take out Europe, and then whether Britain gets to be the little, I think of Britain uh, in relation to United States, like that little creature that sort of jumps up and down on Jabba the Hutt in the Return of the Jedi, is it? There's a little squeaky creature, and I think of Britain as the little pet of the United States that's gonna maybe might be dragged along a little bit while they destroy Europe and then they destroy Britain afterwards. I don't know. So yeah, Brit all... Britain just taunts Europe while America has all the bombs. <laughs> yeah, something like that probably. <laughs> Collapse now and avoid the rush is uh, the James Michael Greer quote in the chat right now. It's a great chat, great great quote. It's such a it's such a t-shirt. Yeah, it's such a great. It really is a great line. So I wrote in the, in the chat in this app. Uh, to maybe invite this uh, young student uh, in uh, just up by Norway. Is that something people are interested in, or should we just leave it? You know, I'm I'm okay with both. You you decide. I mentioned before, but it sounds like fun. I don't know. Open to it. And in ACRs, Mick, Mike, are you are you heavily against it or, or sort of slightly against it or just nervous about it? I guess he was nervous about it because it disappeared. <laughs> Anyone else who is against? It's okay to be against. What? Sorry, I missed that because I was busy chatting. What? Where, what's your question, GS? Yeah, my question was uh, this young 24-year-old master student of philosophy who got into trouble in the Norwegian media this week for saying that he might uh be inclined to sa do sabotage for the climate and for the planet in the future uh i was suggesting or asking you guys rather 
to try to get him on this show as a guest or a special guest or something next week. And we have like, including me, we have like three people who think that is an okay proposition. Uh, and I think MD was against and it just disappeared. So I don't know. <laughs> but uh, what do you think? What would their, what would the reason for objection be? I think Mike said that uh, we would attract attention from you know the usual spooks or uh, security people, but I think that that train left a long time ago for this for this cult. Okay, yeah, I don't know about that. I suppose yeah, I understand people's reservation if that's the case. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a strong view. I, I yeah, I don't. I don't know all of this. I remember when I was in India way back when, hanging around Tibetans, that there was this sort of vague acknowledgement that the Chinese uh, spooks had a file on you if you, you know, spent a couple of days in that community, and that seemed quite titillating at the time. But uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know really. Are they listening and watching? There was, you know, Hugh was always very. You know, had very strong feelings about you know security and all of this and uh, i'm never really sure what the parameters are but it's one of those things that as soon as if you if you discuss it in too much depth then that seems to be almost you know uh what is it it's self-referential isn't it if you start talking about what the parameters of discussion are then you're getting into the discussion that you're not sure about the parameters of and then you read that page on deep green resistance about security culture, and that's even more opaque. I think we can be pretty sure that uh, they are listening, but you know, like maybe one or two young uh, new recruits. Uh, There's a robot. The services. Yeah, but those new recruits might be looking to get a promotion, and uh, who knows? I mean, I, I... yeah, yeah, but it's it's like uh, if you know if uh, if some some people in Norway listen to it, and some people in the, in the UK, but maybe some people in Germany because of the pipe pipeline uh, blow up thing. Yeah, I don't, you know, I I, I just I just don't think. Uh, you're having this uh, this master student on uh, who was recently on the most prominent uh, debate show in in on Norwegian, yeah. Norwegian television. It's kind of like yeah, he's already been on there. Uh, he didn't say anything very radical. Yeah, he might I mean, do something in, illegal a decade into the future. What's the big deal? So yeah, I think it's 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 interesting to to talk to him. Maybe. Maybe we could get him to calm down a bit because, you know, like in my own view, there's no point to to, to doing or there's there's no possibility to saving the climate situation as I see it. How yeah. would how would he how would he react to that kind of proposition? Maybe just being 24 years old, having a really busy life means that he cannot uh, he hasn't had time to really look into feedback loops that makes it uh, more or less impossible to stop this freight train. Uh, I think it's a lot of interesting content to come from such a, a conversation with him. 
I don't think we will get on some terrorist non-flight list or something for doing it. Uh, but I'm open to people who don't want it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm also a lazy person. So if you don't want me to, to spend a lot of energy trying to make it happen, I'm, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> Laziness so. a true revolution, Torstein. The um, yeah, I I suppose that uh, my view is that if you don't explicitly talk about, I mean, again, I suppose the thing is, what's the trick about talking hypothetically uh, about scenarios? I remember that there was a conversation with you and Hugh where you talked about some fairly dicey stuff, quite an old one, and then you went, "Oh, this is about my novel." Well, I'm talking about my novel, and I'm thinking, "Well, that's not going to fly." And and um... yeah, that that was that was while uh, both he and I were, were writing, uh, you know, a climate novel, and you know, he he finished it before me. So yeah, it's like yeah. you can never talk really talk to to a writer because you don't know if he's talking fiction or real life. And um, the thing is, like, if somebody if somebody decided to come and get you, then that's not going to fly. You don't stand a chance with that, you know. As in, if you if you then found yourself discussing, I mean, what what really shocked me was back when there were riots in England a few years ago, and anybody who expressed any sympathy or understanding for why riots might occur, without any even people who didn't say, yeah, there should be riots or whatever. Um, yeah, the. So people were rounded up at that time to for even like talking about the possibility there may be a reason for for there to be riots people were rounded up for you know enticement so i guess that's the one the one reservation i have about these sort of conversations is whether you know at some point we are going to be rounded up you know i think it's a matter of time in the uk before there are work camps so these immigrants now who are all locked in these like terrible detention centers will end up being put to work and the general public go, yeah, right. Yeah. These people came over here and they're all living in hotels, blah, blah, blah. And they should be put to work. So they'll be sent down like whatever the Cornwall reopened tin mines or whatever they're going to do in their desperation. And then slowly that will feed out to people on unemployment benefits. They'll be put to work. There'll be work camps. Work makes you free and so on. Um, and the people will support it, and eventually 80% of the population will be in work camps. Um, so I guess that's sort of coming, and the, any any of the people who've done anything even remotely dodgy or said anything remotely dodgy, then they, there'll be a sort of computer system, AI system will be set up, and they'll just, somebody will go, right, okay, anybody who said anything dodgy is going in this category and they'll work down the list so that, you know, all the Just Stop Oil people, anybody who sprayed paint on uh, on an oil company building or anybody who held up the M25 or whatever or, um, um, you know, whatever, whatever, they'll be on, you know, the, the A list and they'll be rounded up. And then anybody who said, uh, I quite like some of the stuff that Roger Hallam said, or I once watched a Roger Hallam video more than 10 minutes, will be on the B list and they'll be rounded up afterwards, you know, <laughs> and they'll work their way well, down. 
exist until there's no one left, right? Except for the like people. Yeah. Well, uh, I've had meetings. Uh, I've had meetings with the spooks uh, back in uh, Norway. Uh, you know, after my first novel came out, everybody in the security uh, uh, business just loved my first novel. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, so we had like three meetings. They paid for my coffee. I was quite poor at that time. So we had three meetings over like a year, and they just figured out, oh, this guy is really, really boring. He hasn't got anything interesting going on. We just, we, I think they just leave it. You know, it's like the most boring guy in southern Norway. So yeah, yeah. But, I, I, I think they, they they caught on to me because I I released a novel <laughs> about really? stuff. And they but, interviewed you. You were actually spoken to. Is this something we can discuss? It was very very boring. Uh, interestingly. Relating to to you, who was in Greece, they, they I remember they asked me on the very first date uh, we were sitting on the edge of a, a basin, you know, a water basin thing in the sun, and they were asking me, "Oh, yeah, anarchism, that's interesting, line. So, do you have any contacts with anarchists in Greece?" <laughs> and this was like you know, ten, fifteen years ago, so whatever, ten years ago. Uh, so very strange, uh, very strange interview. But, uh, so they'll be dragging you off they, to the work camp before me, then, Torstein. No, like. they found me so boring, so incredibly boring, and and so uh, I don't know. You know, when you're intellectual and talks about stuff instead of doing stuff, so I was totally the wrong guy to to sort of have in their have in their aims. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that reminds me of my old self-defense when I was younger of talking a lot. And when you talk a lot, they leave you alone. <laughs> yeah. Basically, they leave you alone if you talk a lot. Because if you are, if you actually are a good saboteur, you shut the fuck up. You know. I wouldn't know. I have no idea. <laughs> of course, you wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> 